Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and this week I'm joined by Dylan and Olivia, brother-sister duo who are lighting up Kansas City one neon sign at a time. Their company, Element 10, specializes in both collaborations and restoration projects. Here are Dylan and Olivia to talk about the art of bending neon and some iconic signs around the metro they've been part of. Casey's Confidential. You know, one of the reasons I reached out to you guys was when I first walked into Chingu in Westport. I instantly saw the neon sign in the back by the bar. I immediately went home from dinner and said, I have to figure out who made <laughs> who made that sign. And I was scanning Instagram until I found you guys. Naturally started just like stalking Instagram and went on your website and saw all the cool, cool signs you guys do. And that was sort of the initial introduction I had to signs that you guys have made. And then I didn't realize, and I want to get into this, that you were part of the sign in McLean's on Gregory. That sign has become very iconic. You can see it from from outside. So, but the Chingu sign was sort of the original uh, introduction I had to Element 10 and the signs that you make. Well, that's so cool. That was a really fun one. Um, We partnered with Frank Norton. Um, He is the artist who designed that piece. And then he brought it to us and said, hey, what do you think if we had like this huge wall feature of this design? And the folks at Chingu were down for it. So that was an especially fun one. So I'm glad that that's how you discovered Mm us. The idea of neon signs and everything you guys do, it's so fun, it's so bright, and it adds a cool element to the spaces. And speaking of element, I would love for you both to describe what Element 10 is. So yeah, I mean, at its core, first and foremost, Element 10, we are a company that makes neon in uh, many forms, be it signs, artwork, lighting. So that's, that's our main product. But our goal beyond that then is to introduce neon as a a medium, as making that available to different artists, connecting with people, um, really trying to execute neon in a way that maybe it hasn't been before, or um, also offering that as an option to people who wouldn't easily have access to it. What was it about neon that initially captivated you? Yeah, our story goes back pretty far um, as in terms of neon. So I'm Olivia, this is Dylan, we are siblings, um, brother and sister, and growing up, our dad um, was a neon tube bender. Uh, he has since retired in 2022, but he kind of passed along that uh, trade to us and showed us the ropes, taught us how to bend. Um, so we were really fortunate to kind of be steeped in that culture, I guess you could call it, uh, from a really young age. It wasn't ever the plan for me, <laughs> at least. I don't know about yeah, you, yeah, Dylan. It, it was never really the plan to end up uh, running a neon business. Um, but as I got older, it kind of showed itself to me how unique it is, how exciting it is to be able to create something from scratch that then illuminates for the world to see. So that part of the process never gets old. I still enjoy it every single time. Right. So yeah, growing up, 
Yeah, dad was able to, he sometimes made neon signs in our garage. So Saturday mornings, we'd watch cartoons and then go out and sit on the bench and watch him bend glass. So in some ways, it was never really a novel thing, um, but it was always something we could be curious about because I'd say most people who deal with neon on a regular basis are still a little bit mystified that it works every time. So yeah, same thing as Olivia. I really didn't uh, think that we were going to land here running a business, um, doing kind of carrying on our dad's tradition. But yeah, time and kind of various turns in life made it uh, just kind of, it was in front of us. Mm -hmm. There was an opportunity. And just seeing how rare uh, neon has become and definitely like the craft itself is becoming, I'd say it's increasingly valued, but a lot less common to see a functioning shop these days. Um, once we saw that and thought about the fact that here we've got somebody who's fantastic at this right at our disposal all the time, um, how could we not spend time trying to learn more about this? And one thing led to the next and here we are. Yeah, so we, we really have our dad to thank, uh, you know, one for, you know, obviously teaching us the ropes and, you know, how to bend neon, all of the different steps that go into not just bending neon, but assembling it and making sure that it works on the electrical side of things. So we really have him to thank for mentoring us and bringing us up with all that knowledge to the point now where we are doing it every day and, you know, he gets to enjoy retirement. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. What is it like working with your family? I again it was something that you know I had never really anticipated I think we are a little bit unique in terms of we get along um, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it uh, mm -hmm. we're really fortunate at Dylan and I's skill sets you know go together really well um, we have very similar personalities but uh, kind of our career backgrounds are very different so we kind of get to mix and match our experiences yeah, it works out really in our favor. Yeah, yeah, and just getting along, I mean, it just makes it so you can get to the next step, which is, <laughs> this is doing good work. Um, you know, I was kind of developing the idea for Element 10 as maybe a less traditional neon shop. Um, while Dad was still operating his shop, I kind of brought Element 10 up in parallel. Through that process, I was kind of refining ideas, taking different avenues. Olivia was still in another career at the time, but we kind of were able to bounce ideas back and forth and um, get it to a point that when it was time to really launch in its current iteration, we, we had a really good handle on what we were doing, why we were taking that particular angle to where like we were just very much of a like mind um, once the rubber hit the road. For sure. And as you said, it's nice that you're both able to bring different skill sets to the table to work together where it doesn't feel like you are having to constantly battle to override each other for certain responsibilities. That way you can divvy out certain things and come together creatively, have the same goal, but each know your strengths and weaknesses and kind of coming together and the yeah, business. Yeah, it and is. I'd say we do mesh pretty well, but we also like trust each other quite a bit. Like sometimes I trust in her strengths when I'm not strong somewhere, but also like I, if we didn't agree on something, if we had different opinions, we generally feel like they're just two good options and we can defer to one or the other. There's not really any conflict there that we run into. Yeah. Well, in that, I feel like the way we work together is kind of the way that we, that motivates us to work with 
artists and do artist collaborations because you know, whatever idea I might have as an individual, it's always better, like, once I've collaborated with someone. So, like, Dylan and I, like, whatever I bring to the table, like, it's going to be better once Dylan and I have, like, talked through it and workshopped it. And that's kind of the same thing we're trying to do anytime we work with an artist is, you know, we have access to this medium that not everybody gets access to. Um, and there are lots of artists out there with lots of cool ideas that would look really great lit up in neon, you know, on an everyday level, we kind of are collaborating together. Um, and we're trying to bring that more into like an artist space of collaborating with others. What are some of your favorite collaborations you've done so far? Yeah, well, we just wrapped up a really big one, um, in February, uh, with Frank Norton, uh, who also did the artwork for Chingu. Um, Frank has been a really good friend and supporter of ours. He is a super talented um, artist in his own right. He does a lot of amazing branding work for brands all over, Um, but he did some just really great illustrations that are lit up behind us right now. Um, You know, a, a hand holding pizza, this cactus with like lightning coming out of it. Um, they're just really fun and really playful and Dylan, I can let you speak to this, but you know, just as much thought went into how these pieces are constructed as much as like how they look. Um, it's something that we really care about is making sure that they're, uh, put together well and just every part of it is really well thought through. As far as like the trajectory of artist collaborations, we are still kind of early in that process. Um, we do really focus a lot on client work, on restorations. We, like Olivia kind of referred to, we're really like just over a year into running things the way that we're running them right now. And since a lot of our our work focuses on incoming requests, we do have to focus on those initially. These collaborations, like they, I don't want to say they get put on the back burner, but there's a different type of risk involved. Well, and we just want to make sure we take our time um, and mm-hmm. do it right with collaborations because we want to make sure artists feel mm-hmm. like we're, you know, we're doing justice for their work. So those those have kind of a slower burn compared to right. our client work where, you know, we work with a local business. We want to make sure that they're getting their signage, you know, as quickly as possible without sacrificing like right. quality. Speaking of local businesses, one of the most iconic signs, I think, in Kansas City that you have worked on is the McLean's Bakery sign on the Gregory location. How did you get involved in that project? Yeah, uh, so for me, that's kind of like, it's a a special story. Um, I moved around a little while, um, lived in Washington State most recently before moving back here, settled down in Waldo. And, you know, obviously pretty early on after moving there, we ended up in McLean's. And uh, prior to their recent renovation, they had the, the original sign um, on the back wall there, if you're familiar with it. And I, right away, I saw this, is, this was intended to be a neon sign. It's built like a neon sign. It was busy. At the time, I wasn't even working in neon. I was doing other things. Um, but I had one of our dad's cards. And I said, hey, look, we need to get neon on this thing. Uh, just give us, like, let's see what we can make happen. Nothing really happened at the time. But it was always kind of there. I always thought about it. Years go by, I start phasing into, slowly phasing into my current role, doing what I'm doing. Um, I was contacted by uh, Jeff, who runs a lot of the operations there for McLean's, and he had some ideas of neon they wanted to put into a different location. 
he's always been fantastic to work with. He really appreciates neon. It really just gets a kick out of it. Had some fun ideas. Um, so it kind of organically was connected with him um, through other work. And as this renovation started getting closer, he, he said, hey, you know, what do you think about this, uh, this old sign? It's totally doable. It's a neon sign. It's asking for it. So it was, it was just fun to see that come to fruition over time. Um, he was fantastic to work with, um, kind of trusting and flexible, but also uh, straightforward as far as like wanting to make this a centerpiece to uh, their primary location. It made it exciting a little, there's always a little nerve wracking when you make a centerpiece. Uh, same thing like Chingu, like this is the first thing people see. But I'd say now that we have it up, uh, it's it's kind of a best case scenario. Yeah. Um, letting people really see your work, uh, knowing it's in a place where it's going to be appreciated um, for a long time. Being able to see your hard work and what you've been able to do and people appreciate it and love it. And right when you walk into those spaces, now it's become the thing your eye immediately goes to. And it's, you know, aside from the awesome food, it's like what your brain pictures when you when you see these places is even if McLean's is closed the sign is on so late at night you drive by and you still see it and you know it's McLean's you know it's the neon sign and so it's really cool to be able to be part of those projects and get to see not only your work but people then also enjoying all of your hard work it really like truly does not get old you know, driving around the city, anytime I see any work that we've put out, you know, wherever, um, driving by, it's just like seeing it, you know, my creation out there is, it doesn't get old, Um, especially, you know, when people show it love, like how the McLean sign is, you know, just gotten a lot of really great positive attention, same with Chingu. Um, I don't even care if people know that it's us that did those things. It's just so great to see uh, the, the appreciation that it gets. Um, and back to Dylan, what was saying, what Dylan was saying about specifically like clients like McLean's, um, Jeff, they totally trusted us with this, you know, really important heirloom of a sign to let us put neon on it. Uh, we advised on color and things like that. You know, those are the clients that we love to work with is people who really trust us, you know, from a neon perspective, but also from a, a design perspective you know, it's, it's just a really good situation when someone comes to you, they know, they know kind of what they want, but uh, they value our input. And so that always feels good um, to be able to provide that for people. The fun thing with your signs too, and with neon in general, and what I found scrolling through your Instagram and the website is it's fun and it's cool and it's different and inviting and all of these spaces where your signs are, it just adds such an extra aspect of cool vibes. And it's just a cool addition to these spaces to see those signs. Well, what's fun about working with different spaces and different clients and different demands is like, we really want to demonstrate that there's a really broad potential with neon. You know, we're, it's really, we're like drawing with colored light and like where there's no end to what you can do with that um you can manipulate like the whole feel of a space um which is like a huge um power in a way um, but more and more that we get to show people all these different approaches we can take and the effect that that has that's fantastic as business owners what are some struggles that you have to face you know it took a really long time i handle more of the operations side of 
of the business. And it took a really long time before I really felt like I was just checking all the boxes that, you know, day to day, day to day stuff, like knowing that I had an accountant, but I trusted knowing that I was paying all the taxes I need to pay. Um, doesn't always seem like there's one central resource where you can say, okay, now I have everything covered. Um, that was, it wasn't so much difficult as it was stressful. It's the unknown um, that's challenging, but I feel pretty fortunate otherwise that, um, the challenges we run into are not so much related to the business itself. Um, it can sometimes be communication type of things or uh, sourcing materials. These are all pretty, pretty light stressors in our lives. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the things that are challenging, I have experience like helping brands and startups kind of launch. So I've seen a lot of how it can go well and how it cannot go well. So whenever we really started building element 10 we were able to start from scratch which is a huge challenge to start everything from scratch you know workflow and client communications there there was no foundation to build on we had to build that foundation um so that in itself was just a really big challenge to start from zero but at the same time dylan and i both prioritized wanting to do it really right so that we wouldn't have to go back and fix something a year later so we spent a lot of time early on thinking about like, how do we want to build our business? What do we want the culture to feel like? Um, and so that kind of set us up to where things are a little bit easier now that we're not like, I don't know, having to work through different types of dysfunction that maybe companies can traditionally go through. Not saying we're perfect, but. <laughs> I do think a lot of that comes back to our willingness. Um, I'll say that we took an active role in this and just like allowing things to unfold slowly. Um, we've been able to survive off of kind of organically um, connecting with clients, um, word of mouth. Um, it's it's kind of nice that like by just trusting that process to play out, um, it hasn't been a runaway train at any point. Obviously that could be a bit of a blessing in disguise as well, but it means that we kind of have our eye on things all the time. We can calibrate and fine tune as we go along, um, but so far it's it's working out. Yeah, knock on wood. We never like really intentionally talked about like, what's it gonna be like to work together? Right. Because <laughs> until, you know, Element 10, like we didn't have, we didn't know what that dynamic would look like to like work in a business together. Um, so and I think in a lot of ways we really lucked out, but I think also we really were able to kind of use each other's strengths to, mm -hmm. to build what we have now. It probably a little bit goes back to both of us having worked in pretty broad range of fields over the years and trying to be uh, decent coworkers in the past. <laughs> um, yeah, the stakes are maybe a little bit higher with family, but we, had, we I think we established some good habits and uh, makes it a little easier to transition into. You know, Olivia and I are like seven years apart. Um, so we kind of grew up around different people. We lived in the same house, but um, didn't have a lot of like mutual friends or anything, mm -hmm. um, which in some ways makes it makes it kind of easy. Like we uh, we always knew we had a similar temperament, and I, maybe we, I think we might have both secretly known that we would end up doing something like this. <laughs> but it, it keeps working. It does. So I'll go with it. When you're able to put work aside, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? Yeah. And you have more of a life. Oh, so. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I, um, so my husband and I live in South Hyde Park. So we spend a lot of time 
walking our dog around the neighborhood, which is boring, but I love doing that. <laughs> um, I'm also a huge Dungeons and Dragons nerd, fun fact. So spend time doing that. But yeah, I mean, I, I love what I do. So I honestly spend a lot of time thinking about like what my next personal project is going to be. And that's about it. Yeah. And I, um, like I said, I lived down in Waldo with my wife and I have a seven-year-old daughter. I spent the years prior to this uh, as a stay-at-home dad. So I'm still slowly, I wouldn't say transitioning out of being a father, but transitioning out of the stay-at-home component of it. <laughs> Um, you know, it's great because I'm able to be there to drop her off from at school and pick her up every day. And so yeah, that's kind of that builds my structure for every day. But it's also been a nice way of uh, running the, into other Kansas Cityans from different walks of life. Other than that, yeah, running around to a lot of parks all over the place. What are some of your favorite places to go out to eat in Kansas City? Mm. Okay, I know we've already talked about them a lot, but Shingu is it. Like they are doing it so right. There's not a thing I haven't liked that I've tried there. It's all amazing. My husband and I go to Bella Napoli a lot. They have the best sandwiches, in my opinion. Well, I gotta say, every Friday uh, we have a team lunch, and we've gone around, tried a lot of different things, but. It's not the trendiest location, but we landed as a city diner. City diner. In River Market. It's it just it's what you expect it to be every time. And uh, there's something to be said for something that's reliable, that there's a little bit of a nice atmosphere to it. It's you feel comfortable there. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. We uh, look forward to it every week. It's, it's like the highlight of every Friday. Yeah, it's neither new nor exciting, but it it's always it delivers. But where were we getting uh, Thai food? Oh, uh, Barame Thai on Baltimore. The best Thai in Kansas City. It's a bold statement. I think <laughs> pe people are very defensive about their favorite Thai places. I've been to Barame and it's awesome. I live in Waldo. I go to Waldo Thai all okay. the time. Also very good. Um, Cafe V. I mean, there's so many places so many. and I yeah. feel like each neighborhood kind of has their yeah. like, go-to spot. Yeah, Listeners, I'm, let us know what's your favorite Thai place is yeah, in I'm, the comments. I'm happy to keep vetting Thai places. <laughs> keep it coming. <laughs> I always love hearing where people's favorite place to eat is because, funny enough, City Diner has been on my list of places to try forever. Mm -hmm. I just haven't been yet, but I love, just as you said, I'm an adventurous eater. I love going to new places. I love always finding the new places in Kansas City. What like captivates me about a diner is that you know what you're going to get. It's nothing crazy, so basic, mm -hmm. but it has to be good. It has to be a good diner. Yeah. I always hear such good things about City Diner, and we just have not had a chance to get over there yet. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. yeah. If there was anything about Kansas City that you could change, what would that be? You know something, and I don't know where you start with this. I would just love to see people out like outside in the daylight. I know it seems like everyone's out at night, but um, my gosh, it's, you know, the first 65 degree day, you'll always see Loose Park flooded with people. Um, but like the third or fourth 65 degree day, it's back to being kind of quiet again. Um, if you're walking somewhere, you're often kind of walking alone. There aren't people out on the sidewalks. It would be fantastic just to see a touch more vibrancy 
um, on the sidewalks and in the green spaces. I, it's so exciting because I would say the last like 10 years, it's just been like so much rapid change and development for Kansas City. Like from when I first, you know, moved here to now, it's just like exploding in growth. The fact that the city can support so many small businesses is amazing. I would love to see Kansas City, you know, not only prioritize like that development, but also prioritize the people that are already living here. Um, I am not the foremost expert on this, but I know that, you know, it's becoming a less and less affordable place to live for a lot of people who have lived here a long time. So yeah, I, I get most of my knowledge on that from KC tenants. I am, I am not the person to uh, be an expert on that. Um, but yeah, give KC tenants a follow because they do a really good job of keeping developers in check and making sure that Kansas City stays affordable for the people that live here. The positive and negative sides of development in in our city and keeping certain neighborhoods authentically themselves while still adding to it and creating more job opportunities and creating more vibrancy in life is great, but still maintaining the original roots of that neighborhood. It's a really hard line to draw. And yeah, I am not a professional at this. It's good to be aware of both sides in in situations like this yeah and yeah I don't know that there's any one city that's just doing it perfectly (laughs) as far as like growing and you know being able to serve everyone that lives in the city but um I don't know I just hope it's something that like leadership can keep in mind for the next generation it's a great city and I don't want it to see I don't want to see it lose all of its character just because of development are you able to give listeners a taste of what some of the projects are that you are currently working on? So we do, we kind of work in a few different categories. Um, The first one, we do a lot of restoration work. So if sign collector has an old neon sign that's, you know, it's no longer mounted on the side of the building, but they want to keep it in their personal collection, um, we restore those. So those are always really fun. We've got several of those in right now. Um, and we always share this work on our Instagram. Pretty soon we'll probably be sharing a few exciting restorations that we have in the shop right now. Then on the custom side, I'm trying to think of what we've got coming up. I'm afraid we don't have a lot to share about the near future. Part of this is related to the fact that we have a, I don't want to say long, turnaround time is multiple weeks. Uh, So it's sometimes difficult to know what's going to be landing at what time. And I don't want to make any promises here that I can't also make to the client. Yeah, (laughs) that's the part. (laughs) But follow our Instagram. We try to post pretty often once we have a project complete. Uh, We try to share it for people to see. Um, But we do have some custom work coming up that, yeah, we won't share quite yet, but Once it's out in the world, uh, we are very excited for people to see it. And I I will just something we have sitting in the shop right now, a a relative of ours actually built this uh, cocktail sign just for fun, for his space, had it hand lettered. It's great. Uh, Just let us do kind of what kind of bring our vision to life with it. And it's one of my favorite recent Mm -hmm. examples of just Mm -hmm. like what neon can be especially in respect to like just our idea of like classic neon signs. Mm-hmm. Definitely it's, it's a nod to the past of neon, which 
when it's done right, I think it's just one of the best things. Yeah, that one was fun. And that one is up on our Instagram right now. It says cocktails and it has a little martini glass. And he he brought that metal can to us. And all he said, he was like, make it feel like Miami. Like, I don't care what you do to it. Just make it feel like Miami. And so we're like, okay. Um, so yeah, that's just like our favorite kind of thing is like when people trust us to like do what we do, mm. um, it usually turns out pretty good. <laughs> and I will say, uh, you know, we refer to our Instagram. That's how we see a lot of these things. That one is just a perfect example of how you need to see these in person to really appreciate them. It's a, there is light that you can't pick up in a photo and definitely not when it's this big, the size of this uh, phone screen. Um, being in the presence of these things, especially like kind of smaller work that you can stand face to face with, there's just something about it. Um, you find yourself kind of gazing into it, which is not normally how we interact with lights. Normally don't like stare at the sun. It's kind of but... like a campfire effect. Like mm -hmm. you just are drawn to the light and you want to zone out. When you look at it it's kind of the same thing with the finished piece here it's just like you can't stop looking at it exactly so yeah i'd say that cocktail sign as far as something recent um, is a perfect example of that we mentioned mclean's and chingu where else can people see signs that you have done around kansas city well obviously um, bubble wrap is one that we're very proud of if you're heading north on main street right where uh, westport road takes off bubble wrap uh toys bubble wrap toys uh that was fantastic uh, also just great clients to work with um that felt very much like collaboration um they gave us um a vision and allowed us to take it kind of to the next step and kind of uh, bring it to life fantastic process really proud of the way it looks uh, it's it's very visible which mm -hmm. is fun so yeah that's uh, it, within the last year yeah. that was a good one another one that uh i want to make sure they get a shout out because we just really appreciated working with them tj kinship cafe over mm -hmm. in strawberry hill we did signage for them in the last year uh, and it's just always great to work with clients who have so much passion and a mission behind what they do so he serves up really really great coffee in strawberry hill but if you get into a conversation with him you learn how much more it is than just coffee um, so we're really proud to work on his signage with him. We're going back a little bit, but just driving around town, you, you have um, Box Trot um, over in Rosedale. We did a couple of pieces for them. There's so much more, but it's like <laughs> my mind is a complete blank right now. <laughs> right. No, it's really cool. Um, there's a small handful of neon shops in Kansas City. And each of us, you know, we know each other and we each kind of specialize in different things. So if you're driving around Kansas City and you see neon, um, there's probably like a 50% chance it was us. Um, if not, it was probably our friend Greg over at Gamma Neon. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's really fun to be able to drive around and point at something and say, you know, I did that. Yeah, even when we get to, you know, repair um existing signs that are out there it's nice to know that we had our hands on them if someone wanted to collaborate with you or get in touch with you to do a neon sign what would that process look like yeah i'm glad you asked because it's not every day you commission a neon sign or you know look into making one so neon is a slower medium 
uh, we try to give people the expectation that once a design is completed, it's probably going to be a six to eight week turnaround time, but that's not including the time it takes to, you know, finalize, create a design, finalize it, uh, all the little fine tunings that you do beforehand. So you can go to our website at element-10.com. We have a form there where you just give us your email and we kind of reach out and ask for the details that we need to get started to get a quote. Um, but Dylan here is our designer. So if you need a custom design or have questions about how a current design can be made into neon, Dylan's your guy. Um, and then I kind of handle the timeline and project management side of things. Um, so we just always want to make people feel like they are getting their questions answered and uh, that we're, you know, paying attention to their, their project because uh, it is, it's important to us and we know it's important to them. So we want to make sure that all of our customers, you know, feel that attention. Yeah. And we don't do, we don't really focus on doing a larger and larger volume of work. So that, you know, it's intentional so that we can give the attention that's due every single project. Um, so really once somebody reaches out, um, we like to get the ball rolling as soon as possible. Uh, initially, we just need to know what's the content of the sign? Are these words? Do you have artwork? Do you need to develop artwork? Um, Where's it going to be? Is it going to be inside or outside? Is this for a residential space? Is this going to go up on a, a pole or on top of a building? Um, details like that. Once we know roughly what we're making and where it's going to be, we can start thinking about how it's going to be constructed. Um, a lot of times these days we're seeing LED signs or LED um, style neon on a clear plexiglass backer. You see this a lot in, for weddings. That's often the product you want for that type of situation. Um, but that offers, uh, it, it makes people believe that you can have this kind of floating uh, neon look which isn't always an option for how we do things. So this is all to say that neon is made of glass and it needs to be mounted on something rigid that's going to be the strength of the operation. Sometimes we do try to keep that subtle, but often I like to think of that as another design opportunity. We have light, well, we need to think about how is this gonna reflect? How can we reinforce one area, make it more dominant and make something else less so? How can we integrate your logo in a way um, not all logos work in neon. Maybe we need to use that as a print component with other neon elements. Um, there are a lot of ways of working through these processes. So that's that's that initial arc of figuring out what we're making. Um, and then once we hit that um, that point where we've agreed, like, yeah, I can I can visualize what's going to happen. We do, we get right to it. There's going to be a paper pattern that we print out for um, bending the neon, that every piece of neon is starts as a straight piece of glass and it's been one bend at a time over a fire until it's the right shape. Often it's multiple components uh, put together to make you, to allow you to see what you're seeing. Um, it's processed, then in parallel, we have another process going on making that support system, whether it's a flat thing or a metal thing, or maybe it's more, uh, more involved, but then those two things are put together there's high voltage uh, transformers involved, so it's it's a little bit exciting there. And but it is a, safe. <laughs> it, is, it is safe. We touch it all the time. It's it's uh, it's an a okay thing. But yeah, once we're complete, uh, we have we have a piece that's ready to go, and that can vary. It might be something that um, 
you know, it's maybe like a 12 by 12 by 12 little um, lighting thing, but it could also be a 25 foot tall um, sign that goes on top of the building. The, and the options really are endless. So, um, you know, someone can come to us with maybe a vague idea of what they want, but we can really help guide them through the, the process of what's possible because often what's possible is maybe even cooler when, what, than what the person had in mind originally. So we're here to help guide people through that process. We consider each of the things that we make uh, an heirloom piece that's going to last for 50 plus years. So, you know, we work with quality in mind, like Dylan said, these things are built by hand, one bend at a time. Um, so we put a lot of thought and effort into these. Um, so yeah, we care just as much about these signs as our customers will whenever they're in their home or their business. Thank you guys so much for being here. And I'm just excited to see what signs you guys continue to come up with. As we've mentioned, I think they add, your signs add so much vibrancy to spaces. I've loved the signs I've seen so far in person and I'm excited to see what other signs you come up with and the designs you come up with and where else in Kansas City uh, people will be able to find them. Well, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, this has been you. really fun. You can find Element 10 social media in the show notes. If you like this podcast, please take a minute to rate and review it. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at Casey by Sari. See you next week. Casey's Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Kansas City's best. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential.